0: For terms, conditions, and... The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: angels beckon me from heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore I have a loving mother just over in glory land And I don't expect to stop until I shake her hand She's waiting now for me in heaven's open door My home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just over in glory. Saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drip back from heaven's shore, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, Angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore.
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. The broadcast today. Is a follow up to yesterday's broadcast. If you didn't listen to it, I urge you to go back on our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and listen to it after this broadcast. It was entitled Brace Yourself. We are quickly coming into the terrible day of the Lord. I listened to a, a prophet this morning out of Colorado Springs. And he was saying, we're going through a dark tunnel right now, but we will come through this dark tunnel and everything will be back to normal and prosperity will flow and President Trump has been chosen by God as Cyrus And he will rule for four years, and there will be peace in the land. I listened and I said, Well, that is one perspective. But then he continued, and he said, All of those who accept Jesus, all of those who recognize Jesus as the Messiah, will be saved carte blanche and he said the church is going to be saved he did not mention repentance he didn't mention the fear of God on the contrary he said God's mercy what was his word ferocious ferocious and God is going to welcome all of his children into the heavenly land. And I said, you lying prophet. And I turned him off. I want to read for you this portion of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians that talks about this terrible day of the Lord. Now, this day is referred to in the book of Joel, and also in the book of Acts as the terrible or glorious day of the Lord. But the Apostle Paul knew that the church at Thessalonica was going through a time of great persecution. And letters began to go that quoted Paul saying things that he was not saying. There were prophecies reported to the church at Thessalonica that had not come from the mouth of the Apostle Paul. They were false prophets. And so Paul writes to them out of his great concern, and he says, this is Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of sin is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness or sinfulness is already at work, but the one who holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And just a brief note it is the Holy Spirit who holds back the man of sin. Verse 8 And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Now, you need to know that the terrible day of the Lord will extend. The beginning is announced here when there is a great falling away, when there is a great apostasy in the church. And then secondly, when the man of sin appears. We sometimes call him the Antichrist, the one who is against Christ. Those two things have to occur before the coming of Jesus Christ. The great rebellion occurs, the falling away, the apostasy occurs, and then the man of sin is revealed. Then we know that as he sets himself up in the temple of the Lord, as God, we know then that we are at the end. But let me continue and you'll catch what I'm trying to say. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. He's speaking here about the church at the end of time. He's saying they refuse to love the truth and so to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Now, this is both the church and the world. They delight themselves in wickedness. Focus on the family some years ago did some research, and they ended up saying that there was not a measurable difference between those who called themselves Christians in America and those who were non churchgoers goers. They spent their money the same as the worldly people. They had the same goals. They took the same vacations. They watched the same television. They participated in the same kind of activities, the gaming and all of the other things, They could not find a measurable difference. They will all be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And through belief in the truth. Now, isn't it, please open your ears, hear me. It's of great interest to me that it does not say God chose you to be saved through the imputed righteousness of Jesus. It does not say that. This isn't just Pastor Ray. This is what the scriptures are actually saying. You find the same thing being said by Peter in 1 Peter 1, verse 2. He's saying you are saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Today the modern church says all you have to do is believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's not what Paul taught, and that's not what Peter taught. It's not what Jesus taught. It's not what it teaches in the book of Revelation. We'll go there in a minute. We are saved through the sanctifying hagios, the work of being made holy, the work of being made righteous, The Holy Spirit does that. As we come to Jesus and we confess our sins, we repent. The Holy Spirit comes in power and begins to do his work in us, which is a sanctifying work, and it doesn't take long. Please, this is not a work of a lifetime. He called you to this through our gospel. This is the gospel that Paul taught. Not the imputed righteousness gospel. It is a false gospel. It is a gospel that claims to believe in the truth, but not in the necessity of holiness. Now go with me to the Old Testament. In the book of Jeremiah, I'll begin with verse 24. After Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the craftsmen and the artisans of Judah, were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs like those that ripen early, the the first fruit. The other basket had very poor figs, so bad they could not be eaten. So here we have two baskets of figs. And now a measuring line is going to be laid down over these figs. A judgment is going to be made by God This is the church. This is what Jeremiah is saying. He's saying the children of Israel are in two different baskets. One basket is very good, righteous, holy. The other basket is very bad, naughty. The other basket is not holy. Oh, they all believe the same thing. They all go to the temple. They all call on the name of the Lord. Now watch. The Lord asked me, What do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the poor ones are so bad they cannot be eaten. God will not eat every food. Some of you like to go to all kinds of restaurants. Taco Bell, Wendy's, McDonald's. What's the quality of that food? Is it the same as you make at home? No, you know it's not. It's filled with calories. It's filled with fat filled with carbohydrates and sugar? The word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Like those good figs I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good, And I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me. That I am the Lord. And they will be my people and I will be their God. For they will return to me with all of their heart. But the poor figs. Which are so bad they cannot be eaten, says the Lord. I'm going to deal with them. I will make them abhorrent and an offense to all the kingdoms of the earth, a reproach and a byword, an object of ridicule and cursing. Wherever I banish them, I will send the sword, famine, plague against them until they are destroyed from the land that I gave them and their fathers. Now, let me try to apply this as the Holy Spirit has given it to me. We have a good basket and we have a a rotten basket, corrupt. And the Lord is saying, look, the good fruit is what I've sent into Babylon. The ugly, corrupt fruit are those who refuse to go to Babylon, who refuse what I'm trying to do, who refuse to turn to me with all of their heart. So, as the terrible day of the Lord comes upon us, there are those who are saying, look, we're just going through a dark tunnel, and everything's going to be fine after the election." And we're going to go back to our wonderful prosperity. The the churches are growing. They're building beautiful buildings. We're getting stronger. We're making progress. No, we're not. Just the opposite is happening. The Lord is saying, it's not going to get better after Donald Trump if he wins the election, and I don't know that he will. Many are very certain that he will, and many are very certain that he won't. But I can tell you this, America will not ever return again to a normal life as we have known it even a year ago. It is over. And you now have to become very clear about what you will do about that. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and make you holy? The church was shut down. Do you understand? The church was put on time out with the rest of our nation. The time out is for the church to reevaluate its position before Jesus. But we all want to just go back to the way it was before. It's not going to go back to the way it was before. We are in for a very rough ride. Brace yourselves. We're going to hit something. We're going to hit rioting and burning and destruction. And you may lose everything you own. You may lose your house. You may lose your car. You may lose all of your money. But as you go into that, and the Lord brings about that time of trouble. For we are headed into a time of trouble like we've never seen in our lives. Oh, well, they've seen similar things in other lands. But America has been the oil and the wine. And the, the word was, don't touch the oil and the wine. That was only temporary. That was for that seal. We're passing that. Yes, famine is coming to the land. Very difficult times are coming to this land. This land is not my home. I am just passing through. Now the question is, will I allow the Holy Spirit to make me holy? or will I continue to believe the lies of the modern church that say, you're saved, just believe Jesus, and everybody's going to heaven, and we're all happy, and let's go, we're going to be prosperous. No. It's not true. Now, if you look over here in Jeremiah Twenty-seven, chapter 27 to Jeremiah. He talks about, go serve Nebuchadnezzar. You're in Babylon. I believe it's becoming painfully obvious that America has become Babylon. We are Babylon, and we will burn in a day. We will have riots and destruction. We are a nation utterly divided and headed toward a civil war. People simply believe two very opposite things in America. One party believes that babies are sacred life. Another party believes that babies are just tissue and should be murdered. One group believes that there are absolutes, that the Constitution is a document given to us by God through men, but a holy document, the Bill of Rights, certain inalienable rights given to us by God. A whole large group of American politicians and leaders say, no, the state is the one who gives the rights and the state can remove them. As in China right now, the Chinese state, the main government is saying, if you're a Christian and you have a cross on the wall in your house, take it down or we're going to turn off the government subsidy to you and you will starve to death. And some Christians facing that are bowing and taking their cross down and changing their adherence to the communist government. Others are saying, no, I will never leave or forsake Jesus Christ. I belong to him, and if you take my subsidy, either Jesus will provide for me or I will starve to death And I will be with Jesus even sooner than I expected to be, and either one is okay with me. What would your position be? Would you bow to the state? Or will you bow to Jesus Christ? I will only take a knee to Jesus Christ. I will not bow my knee to a false, wicked, demonic religion called Black Lives Matter. I will not bow. Our nation is divided. We will not stand. we are no longer a United States of America. We are a divided states of America. We are the wicked states of America. And so you have the prophet Hananiah, and he comes, this is what he says This is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon within 2 years I will bring back to this place all the articles of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon removed from here and took to Babylon I will also bring back to this place Jehoiachin son of Jehoiakim king of Judah and all the other exiles from Judah who went to Babylon declares the Lord for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon they are putting their Hope in Jehoiakim. He is their rescuer. He will make Israel great again. Jeremiah the prophet replies Amen. Verse six May the Lord do exactly what you're saying. May the Lord fulfill the word you've prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. You know what? I want everything to return to normal and peace and joy. I want all the stores to open. I want people to have their companies. I don't like what's happening. I don't like the shutdown. I don't like the clamp on the churches. Do you understand how foolish we've been as the church? Do you understand? Wicked government people have said, Walmart can stay open. Other stores can stay open. And by the way, bars, liquor stores, you can stay open. You're essential. But churches, you shut down. Protesters, you're fine, don't worry, you're good to go. Burn the city down. But churches, don't gather. 1 Corinthians 13, be docile, obey. No, I will not bow. The word of the Lord is for the church to gather together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We are together in praise and worship in honor of Jesus. And if we're persecuted, we endure the persecution. But we don't duck out and be chicken. Now, I know this is very controversial. Some of you are saying, oh, we, we can't do that. We, we've we got to be good citizens. And, and we've got to bow to the government. Really? Show me that in the scriptures when the government is calling for something that is ungodly, clamping down on the church, but opening everything that's wicked. No, we've we've missed God on this one in America. Jeremiah says, nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesied peace will be recognized as the one truly sent by the Lord if his predictions come true. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke off the prophet Jeremiah was made of wood he took it off and he broke it and he said before all the people this is what the Lord says in the same way will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon off the neck of all the nations within two years and at this the prophet Jeremiah went on his way okay we'll see if the prophecy is true We'll see if we're entering into a dark tunnel and if we'll come out on the other side and everything will be prosperous again. Or we're going to see if we are going to be under the persecution of Babylon. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go and tell Hananiah this is what the Lord says. You've broken a wooden yoke, but in its place you will get a yoke of iron. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. I will put an iron yoke on the neck of all these nations to make them serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. They will serve him. I will even give him control over the wild animals. Listen, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you, yet you have persuaded this nation to trust in lies. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth. This very year you are going to die because you have preached rebellion against the Lord. In the seventh month of the same year, Hananiah the prophet died. Now, we are at the end of time. That's very clear. The day of the Lord is upon us. And now we have to decide, how are we going to relate to this day of the Lord? And what I understand is the Lord does not want us to create trouble, just to create trouble. He wants us to listen to His word and obey Him and allow him to bless us in this land that is not our home. Chapter 3 of Matthew. John the Baptist comes to the people of God. In verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. I want to add another part. Do not say, I'm saved by imputed grace. When Jesus looks at me, doesn't see me, he just sees himself, and I'm going to continue in my sin until I die, and I can't overcome my sin. John the Baptist says, The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit, that is, every tree that does not produce righteousness, real righteousness, not fake righteousness, not imputed righteousness, imparted righteousness, real righteousness, every fruit tree will be cut down and thrown into the fire. For I baptize with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is speaking about Pentecost, but it's also speaking about today, the last day, as the man of sin begins to be revealed, as the great apostasy takes place, where the the church turns away from the living God and follows the way of darkness and unrighteousness. He's saying, in that day, there will be a people baptized with the Holy Spirit with fire. And with a fork the Lord is going to begin to clear his church, his threshing floor. And he's going to gather his wheat into the barn. He's going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. He's going to throw the bad figs out. Those of you who think you can continue walking in sin and still be saved, you're going to be thrown out in that great day. And we are now entering, we are halfway into the terrible day of the Lord. It is a time of judgment. The judgments are beginning to fall right now on America and on the church in America, oh, through the whole Western world, but now we're in America. Now it's frightening to me. It says they perish because... The- They refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. There has been a powerful delusion in the American church, and it is a lie. And that powerful delusion is that I can walk in my sin and still be saved. I don't have to be an overcomer. That's a lie. so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness god chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the holy spirit through belief in the truth now second peter the second chapter There will be false prophets among the people just as there will be false teachers among you. And they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought you. How do they deny the sovereign Lord today? They teach that the blood of Jesus is no more powerful than the blood of bulls and goats and that all the blood of Jesus will do is cover over your sin And you're saved. That's a lie. It says they will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they've made up. If God did not spare the angels... When they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desires of the sinful nature and despise authority. And then he says, Second Peter, the second chapter, verse 20. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it, that is the world, and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit. A sow is washed and goes back to her wallowing in the mud. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The the heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of the Lord and speed its coming. That day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth the home of the righteous. So then, dear friends, since we are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. I want to tell you, we're in trouble. Brace yourselves. We're not going back to normal. We have become Babylon. And we will be in a wicked nation. And we will suffer persecution in this wicked nation. But it's time for Christians to stand up and bow only at the feet of Jesus Christ and proclaim loudly the gospel of repentance. That's what Jesus came preaching in the book of Matthew. Yes, John the Baptist came preaching that, But Jesus came preaching the same gospel. Peter came preaching the same gospel. Paul came preaching the same gospel. Repent of your sin. Turn from it. You can't walk in sin and be saved. You have to become overcomers by the power of the blood. You don't become an overcomer through your effort and through your strength. You become an overcomer in Jesus Christ. By faith, God's faith. It's a free gift. But you have to be crucified with Christ. Now, if you look with me in the book of Revelation, in the seven churches, these are Jesus' actual words if you look at the church of Ephesus, if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. To him who overcomes. The second letter, to Smyrna. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. Overcome. The church at Pergamos. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. Thyatira. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. I want you to see in every one of these church letters that Jesus wrote as the risen Lord. He does not say to him who has imputed righteousness. He says to the man and woman, the boy and the girl who overcomes. Now as we enter into this terrible day of the Lord, and we are now beginning to enter, the first condition has been met, and that is the full apostasy is in the church right now. The second will be when the man of sin establishes his place in the temple of God in Jerusalem. The man of sin is revealed. We are now at the verge for the man of sin to be revealed. Now this man of sin is going to be there until he is removed and cast into the lake of fire, as the beast power. Satan is going to be removed and cast into that lake of fire. The false prophet is going to be cast into that lake of fire. And then every man and every woman who has not overcome sin will be cast into that lake of fire. There will be no imputed righteousness that will save you. It is real righteousness that is saving us. church at Sardis, verse 5, He who overcomes will like them be dressed in white, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. The church at Philadelphia, Him who overcomes I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. The church at Laodicea, the most precious promise to Him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now a friend pointed out to me, as soon as these letters are finished, he goes into chapter 4 of Revelation, where there he begins to speak about the heavenly throne, the beautiful presence of the throne of God. This is where those who overcome will be at the end of time. We are now coming into the last days of earth's history under the, under the Babylon power. Babylon will be destroyed. It will be burned. America is not going to be restored. We are not going to be made great again. If you look in Revelation 21, verse 6, He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this. Some of you are saying, you know what? I can't overcome. It's too hard. Some of you are saying, look, Pastor, I've tried my best, I just can't do it. No, you have to die. There's only one way to overcome, it's to die and be born again. Most of you don't have a real new birth because you weren't taught the truth as it is in Jesus. You were taught that you received this wonderful gift, you're saved, you're on your way, and now... You don't have anything to worry about. You can't lose your salvation. So have a good time. And so you have these hidden sins that hang on you. The love of pornography. Because you say, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. All of my past, present, and future sins were forgiven at the cross. No, they weren't. That's a total misunderstanding of the atonement. Some of you Love the the games of the world. You love the pleasures of the world. You love the world, the flesh and the devil. And the Lord is saying, come out of it. Be separate. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. What unclean things are you touching? What unclean attitudes are you holding on to? What lust resides in your heart? What love of money rests in your spirit? What stinginess with God is in your heart? Some of you, you don't even give 10% of your to Jesus, and yet you expect to be saved? You expect to be blessed? And you don't enter into this covenant of giving with him? Are you kidding me? How do you expect to ever be saved? Well, Pastor, it doesn't say anywhere in the Scripture that I have to give 10% or I can't be saved. No, it doesn't. It says you have to give it all. (laughs) That's right. It says you have to give it all. Remember the rich young ruler? Give it all and come and follow me. He who overcomes will inherit all of this and I will be his God and he will be my son. But now listen to this. But the cowardly those who are afraid to stand up and say, I don't bow to anyone but Jesus. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're afraid to say that, you will be rejected by Jesus. It says the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts. Some of you just gladly gave your kids Rolling's books. Harry Potter, you thought it was cute. It's witchcraft. You're teaching your kids witchcraft. And in the end, they'll be lost because you trained them in witchcraft. Many of you believe that faith has its own power, not God's faith, my faith. And that I can create just like God created. You're practicing witchcraft. You're trying to influence the spirit realm by your incantations and your affirmations. That's witchcraft. He's saying those who practice magic arts aren't going to be in the kingdom of God. The idolaters and all liars. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And then if you look at Revelation 22, this is the very end of the book of Revelation. These are the last words Jesus is speaking. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life. That is, they're washed in the blood of Jesus and they're no longer walking in rebellion or sin against him. Do you understand? It's going to take every ounce of your energy and all of your time to search after Jesus if you're going to be saved. You're going to recognize that your work is worship. Your your time of enjoyment in whatever it is must be worship. Everything about my life must be worship to the Lord. they may have right to the tree of life and go through the gates into the city outside of the dogs those who practice magic arts the sexually immoral the murders remember he said if you hate somebody you're a murderer the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood the spirit and the bride say come Whoever is thirsty, let him come and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Almighty God, I pray that as we enter into the terrible last day, the Lord's day, the day of the Lord, that you will guard us and protect us And wash us and make us clean. I know you'll carry us through this. For heaven is our home. And you are the one we obey. And are sanctified by your spirit. Thank you Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. This month's radio bill is almost $4,000 and we're there except for about 200 about $200 short would you write to me at the national prayer chapel this is the last day of the month post office box 2346 woodbridge virginia 22195 and thank you for those who are at the last minute uh, antonio and others you've stepped in to make this happen I am so grateful thank you the Lord knows he sees and we will be on again next month every month it's a a by faith if it's paid we can be on next month thank you we're waiting on one large pledge and when that comes plus $200 will be covered Well, write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Make your check out to National Prayer Chapel. Just put a note on the bottom, Pilgrim's Progress. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you can give online. I would also ask, would you subscribe to our YouTube video? And would you post these messages on your social networks, on your Facebook and Twitter and wherever you're at? God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. This story is